Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you, and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Orse, and today we'll be talking about a whole bunch of fantastic films. First, we'll be talking about Sing, then Star Wars, Rogue One, Passengers, and A Monster Calls. But right now, we're going to begin the show with Sing with Clayton, who is 17 and lives in New York. So, Clayton, what did you think about Sing? Sing, I feel like it's the perfect movie for the entire family. Like, everyone could watch it. Even, like, your grandma would enjoy this film. Well, that is fantastic, and this is an animated film, so what did you think about the animation? Um, I love the animation. It was from the creators of Despicable Me and Secret Life of Pets, so I both loved those two movies as well, so I just loved it. And the voiceover acting in this is it's a fantastic cast. I mean, you have Scarlett Johansson playing Ash, you have Seth MacFarlane playing Mike, you have Reese Witherspoon playing Rosita, you have Matthew McConaughey playing Buster Moon, and so many other games. So what did you think about the voiceover acting? The voiceover acting was great. I especially loved Seth MacFarlane. I didn't know it was actually Seth MacFarlane when I was watching the film. And what do you what did you like about that, like, was it good emotions? Was it realistic? What did you like about the voice acting? I feel like it was really realistic, and I liked the actors and actresses that they chose to portray the characters. And can you tell us the story about the film? It's about this koala bear named Buster Moon who gets his theater from his father, and he is not doing so well currently, so he comes up with the idea to do like a talent-type show, and they uh, type up, like, posters, and he was supposedly going to make it, like, a $1,000 reward, but it ended up being a $100,000, and everyone shows up, and he doesn't know why, and he just, the rest of the film is him, like, listening to the actors and actresses singing, and how they're scared to sing or like it goes into their lives as well each character each singer it goes into their background life which is really funny and exciting i like the way that they did that huh so this is kind of interesting because unlike a normal movie story where you have the main characters and then you have the conflict and they try to solve this conflict it's actually a little different because they introduce conflict right at the beginning and then they go into all these little separate stories about each character now was this ever confusing for the viewer I don't think it was actually confusing. I got it. I'm not sure if the younger kids would get it, but I really liked the style, the way that they chose to do it. It was really uh, kept my attention on the screen. And since all the characters are animals, what did you think about that? Do you think that added to the story? Do you think that could have actually subtracted from the story by being a little too much or a little too fantasy-like? It definitely added to the story, especially if one of your like favorite animals was in the film. Hmm. And is this a comedy? I wouldn't really call it a comedy, but it is really funny. And how was the jokes? How was the funny in it? The jokes were great. The jokes were really funny. It wasn't like cheesy jokes. It was like well thought out, like solid jokes. Well, that's good. And since this uh, does sound like a movie all about singing, how is the soundtrack? 
The soundtrack is great. Actually, when I came home after the movie, I actually listened to some of the soundtrack. <laughs> well, that is fantastic. And the singing and all that, that's great quality? Yes, it is. It's wonderful. The singers that they chose, like the music that they chose, went perfectly with the scenes. Well, that is good. And did the story ever bore you, or were you completely connected to the film the whole time? I was totally connected to the film the entire time. This is one of my favorite movies. That is fantastic. It does sound like an amazing movie. You're listening to Kids vs. Crime Attractions, and right now we are talking to Clayton about Sing. But up ahead, we're also going to be talking about Star Wars Rogue One, Passengers, and Monster Calls. But right now, we're going to continue talking to Clayton about Sing. And right now, we were just talking about how both the singing, the, the humor, just a lot about these thi- a lot of the elements in this film are absolutely fantastic. So my next question is, what is your favorite scene? My favorite scene is... Oh, it's my favorite scene. Let me get, um, oh yes. When the mother pig, I forgot her name, but the Rosita, the mother pig has to go to rehearsal, but she has like 25 little piggies, like children at home. So she makes this weird contraption that like dresses her uh, kids, makes them breakfast, does the laundry, gets them out of the house. And it's really interesting. It's like the scene from Wallace and Gromit, one, uh, from one of the episodes. Huh, very interesting. Why is this your favorite scene? Because it's unique? Yeah, it's very unique and very creative. And do you have a favorite character? Gunter the Pig. He's like Russian, I think. German, actually. Sorry. And why is he your favorite character? I feel like he's the funniest and he has the most, like, oomph. He's like, he's like the most powerful. He has the most energy. He feels good about his acting and everything. Very interesting. And by the way, Gunter is played by Nick Roll. So how many stars would you give this film and why? I would give this, in my review, I said 4.5, but now I'm going to go back and say it's a five star because I now I'm thinking about it and I can't think of anything that's really bad about it. So it's just, it made me laugh actually a couple of times and it's just the soundtrack is amazing, the color scheme, just everything is perfect. Well, it sounds like an absolutely wonderful film, but what is the age range for it? The age range? I feel like it's almost all ages. All ages would be great for this film. I'm 17, and I love this film. So you'd say that parents have absolutely nothing to worry about. They can send any of their kids at it, no matter what age they are at? Yeah, but it still depends on the child's point of view or... And what genre would you say, like, out of all the genres, and if you could only pick one, what would you say this film is? Ooh, that's a hard question. Um, I feel like it's a little bit of comedy, but I feel like it's like a family movie, if that's a genre. I feel like family is a genre. And when is the film releasing for people who do who want to know? Yeah, and on the posters it says Christmas Day, but then in the previews and other stuff it says before Christmas, so that's confused me. Yes, it seems that films like to change the date of Christmas to align with their releasing. Yeah. So if you could change anything about the film, would you take it an opportunity, or do you think that this film is absolutely perfect the way it is? I'd leave it, because if I change something, I feel like I'd mess something up. And do you think that there's any elements missing from the film, or do you think it was perfect? Any elements missing? Hmm. I don't think there is. I can't think of any right now. It's just... Perfect. The way they thought of it, it was wonderful. And how is the cinematography? Because even in animation, there are still, of course, camera shots and camera angles. So how's the cinematography? 
It was good, but it wasn't like one of those spectacular cinematography movies. I don't feel like they focused on like the primary thing is like cinematography. It was great, but it wasn't like a spectacular cinematography. So it wasn't like a film that has absolutely beautiful cinematography that treats camera shots as art, but it still did good. It still yeah. did portray the scene. Yeah. Well, that is good. And how is the directing? Because that's also a very important part. The directing is great. I didn't really think of it that much when I watched the film, but now when I think about it, it was it was very thorough. That is absolutely fantastic. By the way, the director is Christoph Lord Legg and also Garth Jennings. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about Sing. Thank you. If you'd like to check out this film, I believe it comes out actually now. It is actually out now. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and this show is sponsored by Snowtime. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about the film Sing, and now we'll be talking about another new film, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and we'll be talking with Benjamin, who is 11 and lives in Washington, D.C. So, Benjamin, what did you think about the next installment in the Star Wars franchise? I loved it. I liked the characters, liked the special effects, and the action scenes are really excellent in the way they make you feel like you're right with the characters and something that i do i am a little curious about is that this is as far as i know the only star wars film not composed by john williams so how was the soundtrack in the film yeah it was not composed by john williams which i found a bit surprising because his score is so so well known and they replaced him with another composer named michael giacchino and I thought he did a great job pulling it up, paying homage to the original Star Wars soundtrack, also making it fresh and original. Now, the change in composer isn't the only change that makes it very different from other Star Wars films. The whole feel of it's supposed to be much darker according to the writers and directors. And on top of that, it doesn't have the signature scrolling text at the beginning that every other Star Wars film had. So my question for you is, 
Do you think that this complete change in style is good, or do you think it makes it a worse Star Wars film? I thought it was good. The opening, not having the opening text kind of caught me by surprise. But I think it's good that they're trying to be new, and they're not just keeping it the same. And it is darker, which I liked, showing it that it's different from the typical Star Wars film. And uh, this one has a lot more... It's really a movie that has battles, and um, you actually like see what happens, sort of. And I do kind of like that, too, because Star Wars isn't just about heroes and villains. It's about a massive intergalactic war where millions of people die. So, in a way, it is a kind of dark story, so I'm glad that Rogue One does show that very well. But in general, do you like this film more than other Star Wars films? Yes, I've seen a couple. I actually haven't seen all the Star Wars movies, but I liked it more than the most recent one, The Force Awakens. I think it's probably, yeah, it's my favorite. And what do you think about the acting? We have people like Felicity Jones, of course, playing Jin Erso. We have Alan Tudyk playing the robot K2SO. We have Diego Luna playing Cassian Andor. So what do you think about the cast? I thought pretty much all of the sort of protagonists and supporting characters did a fresh job i liked felicity jones but didn't really feel emotionally connected to her character that's the same with some of the other characters they had in this film i really liked alan tudyk as k2so and another thing i didn't really like about the acting was uh forrest whitaker plays a character named saw guerrera who i didn't really feel needed to be in the film um they're short he was in one of the star wars animated tv series and i felt that was the only reason they had him there and he doesn't really do much for the story, other than sort of connect all the main heroes' arching storylines. And do you think that they may have actually added some elements they didn't really need just to kind of touch in on the nostalgia of Star Wars fans? You know, I think that apparently there were some reshoots. Like, they changed a couple of things about the movie before it came out. I think the nostalgia can appeal to Star Wars fans, I think this is mostly for Star Wars fans, particularly of the originals. It's not as much of a kids' movie, and they do cash in on the nostalgia, but at the same time, you feel like they're not just making it for nostalgia. Well, that is very good, and I'm glad that they don't just do this whole thing for nostalgia purposes. You're listening to Kids vs. Contractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and right now we are talking about Star Wars Rogue One, but up ahead we are going to be talking about the film's passengers and monster calls. But right now we're going to continue talking to Benjamin about Star Wars Rogue One. The previous topic we were just talking about is nostalgia and how they treat it in the film. My next question for you is, what is the story of the film? So it's about... A- girl named Jen or so who's kind of an outcast who's grown up on her own most of her life she gets picked up by the rebellion so the good guys and they tell her that uh she needs to track down her father who is critical to a major weapons test being done by the villainous galactic empire and they try to find out her and a team of rebels try to find out how to destroy this massive weapon of terror that can destroy entire planets. And since this is, of course, an action film, how is the action and how is the special effects? Because, of course, Star Wars is also famous for special effects. Uh, the action is really good in the way it makes you feel like you're right on the ground with the rebels, the way it's shot, and I thought it made it feel more realistic and raw. And the special effects were also very good. They um, There's a character 
named Grand Moff Tarkin, who's played by Peter Cushing in the original films, um, who died in 1994, but they brought him back using CGI, which I thought was really interesting. Wow, I think that is fantastic. And, you know, it is kind of impressive and also kind of sad that they can do that with actors who are now passed away. It's too bad that the actors couldn't be in the films. Now, my next question for you is you kind of talked about how it isn't meant for kids. So what is your final age rating? 10 to 18. It's not terrible, but it's a little bit more on the generally this is a film about war. And it's some of the war scenes could be a little chaotic and scary for younger children. And there's like death is sort of implied. And there's just some general dark tone and story. And how many stars do you give it? Uh, I'd give it 4.5 out of 5. I really liked it and really enjoyed it and thought it was new and different and exactly what a Star Wars spinoff movie needed. But there were a couple of minor sort of changes that I felt they could have made. And uh, like, what type of changes do you think they could have made? Well, one other thing was that I felt the villain in this film. He's this imperial officer named Orson Krennic. Um, played by Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, I didn't really feel that he doesn't, he could have been a better villain, and I, he never really does anything, and you don't really hate him as a character. And I felt most Star Wars villains, like Darth Vader, are supposed to be, you know, cool and menacing. And I just, I didn't really think anything about this character and thought he could have been left out. You know, I do kind of realize that when, when a film has, a, when a Star Wars film has a villain that isn't a Sith, like if it's not Kylo Ren or the Emperor, Emperor Palpatine or uh, Darth Vader, that it's just this kind of imperial figurehead guy that doesn't really have a purpose. So I kind of do agree with you. And I guess my next question is, who do you think would have been a good villain? Do you think it could have been Darth Vader or another Sith? Who do you think, in your opinion, would have been a good villain? Well, actually, this is no spoiler alert. There's been in the marketing. Uh, Darth Vader is in this film, and I actually felt they could have gone the route of Darth Vader just sort of chasing this team of rebels trying to destroy this weapon that the Empire is creating, and that would have totally worked. Darth Vader is in it, but he's just not really a villain. Hmm. Obviously he is, but not really an antagonist for the heroes. And that would have been so perfect to be able to kind of just show how much power Darth Vader has by having him fight rebels, very weak rebels, compared to Darth Vader. That is definitely a missed opportunity. So what do you think your favorite scene is? Uh, my favorite scene in this film, I have trouble choosing between the climax, like, because the last 30 minutes of this film I thought were really excellent in the way they handled the ending and sort of things like that. And this is also this one battle scene, and I'd say about Act 1 of the movie, that I thought was really fun, and it sort of introduces you to many of the main characters, and it's the first sort of demonstration of, like, all right, this isn't your normal Star Wars movie. This one has war in it. Yeah. Well, this does it definitely this sounds like a unique Star Wars film that I will definitely be checking it out, and I definitely, based off what I hear from you, everybody else should check it out. And for the viewers, if you like to check it out, it is out now. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids vs. Coming Attractions, and this show is sponsored by Snow Time.
Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm brianna hope and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we just finished speaking to benjamin about rogue one and today we have talked about sing and as i said before rogue one we are about to talk about passengers and a little bit later we will talk about a monster calls so right now we are speaking with jerry from california about passengers so jerry can you tell me your i guess initial thoughts and and what you felt about this film when you first saw it well, I thought that I'm going to be in uh, watching a very intense and epic sci-fi action thriller with maybe a bit of romance on the side. But what I got was pretty much the complete opposite. I got a sci-fi romance that had a little bit of action thriller on the side. And this isn't exactly bad, just for, just a kind of call out for people who see this film based off all their tra- uh, trailers and based off all the commercials. It isn't in action. It has action elements, but it is the whole story isn't in action. It is completely romance. No, and, and that's the thing. I think when they make trailers, not all the time, but a lot of the time, they will put what they want people to see just to like pull them in. Not to say that they think that their own thing is bad. It's just they know what appeals to people, and they're like, hey, well, we'll show a lot of this, or we'll show everything that's in this film about this, and then people will come to see it, and it really doesn't matter what happens afterwards. Um, So I think that's part of the reason, like, I've seen films thinking that they were very, very action-y and very, because a lot of people base their things off of that, trailers and and commercials and and seeing previews and movie theaters, so I think they should be a little bit more truthful, and I think that's what you're saying, like, at this present moment, not that it's bad, as you said, but, you know, be a little bit more truthful. The little aspects of adventure and sci-fi that were in this film, did you like them? Did, you know, did you think that they were adequate with the rest of the storyline oh yeah definitely one of the things that i thought was extremely impressive and this kind of kudos to the directors writers and pretty much every single part of the crew is the fact that they made an adventure out of the set that's repeated throughout the whole film because the entire set is set in like a very small space it's just a ship they don't go anywhere else they don't do anything else there's like five minutes when they go outside the ship and don't even go 100 meters from the ship 
So there was very few times when they actually went away from that space they built for themselves, which I thought was so impressive because most actions, they built this giant world to explore. This one, they didn't have that option. They had this small space that they just had to repeat over and over again. To give the sense of action from that and adventure from that is extremely difficult, but they did it fantastically. Yeah, and I think when that happened, I know this isn't the only film that does that, where it's a very small space and it's a continuous space, but I know that other films that do that, I have like so much respect for them because I'm like, how do you... How do you do that? I would get confused. Like, as an actor, being in the same spot, I'd be like, wait, are we in scene four or are we in scene... I would be so confused. So, kudos to you guys. Um, how about the special effects? Because, obviously, at some point, when you do a sci-fi film, or an AKA sci-fi film, you gotta have special effects. Oh, they're absolutely beautiful. And I love the special effects because most sci-fi films when they build giant ships they don't really care about physics whatsoever and this one did care about physics to a point like it actually did have a giant spinning ring to simulate gravity then when this spinning ring stopped spinning there was no gravity which i thought was a fantastic add-on and then the engines were just ginormous which represented that this giant ship needed a lot of thrust there's just so many things about the special effects that was very realistic which i really liked because a lot of sci-fi films they completely throw away physics and just write their own rules. So do you think, because you obviously you were talking about gravity and a bunch of different other things, do you think that people who are a little bit more in tune to the actual physics of things, and I know that you said that this film paid attention to physics and, and different things of that sort, but do you think that people that are a little bit more in tune and pay a little bit more attention would find flaws in it or no? Oh, yes, for sure. There is one major flaw that it has to do with science that kind of destroys the whole conflict of the story. And I may be wrong about this because all I'm going off is one little bit in the film. But they have this robotic medical bay. And one of the options that the robot can do to you is stem cell regeneration. And theoretically, that can make you live much longer than normal human lifespan. And the whole conflict is that they can't live 90 years and they're going to die on the ship before going to a planet because the ship because they woke up from hibernation way too early, that kind of defeats the whole conflict. Yeah, I guess if, you're, if your entire storyline is based off of something and then at the beginning it kind of goes against that something, it's kind of confusing. But I, I mean, I feel like when I watch this film, because I'm watching it with one of my friends, I feel like I'm not even going to notice. But, you know, uh, there are people out there that will notice. So, yeah. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and today we are talking about Sing, Rogue One, Passengers, and Monster Calls. So right now, we are continuing to speak with Jerry about Passengers, and we were just talking about flaws that some people might notice and some people might not notice, and and all, you know, I don't really know how to word this sentence, but when I go in, I may totally notice it and be like, hey, this is kind of confusing and I don't really understand what's going on, um, but I guess that leads into my next question. Since... You found this in this film. Do you think that if people notice or once people notice that it will ruin the entire experience for the film, like always remembering that something isn't right? You know, no, I don't think so. But it is still a major flaw that kind of destroys the story. And what's the biggest thing is that it has no connection to the plot. They never use it. They never point it out. It's just there in the background to make it more sci-fi, which was a disappointing thing to me because really you didn't have to include it. 
But no, this film is still absolutely fantastic. I mean, the acting is phenomenal. The cinematography is beautiful. Special effects, like I said, is fantastic. The story is very entertaining. The romance is very realistic. So it's definitely an entertaining film. But the story itself did have a major role in it. Mm-hmm. And speaking about acting a few moments ago, um, how was Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt? Because I have to ask, because I love them both. They're absolutely phenomenal. They're pretty much the only two characters. There's some other things going on at the very end for like 10 minutes, but for the rest of the film, they're the only two. And they were just perfect together. I mean, it was so natural. So the romance was so realistic. And I have to give kudos to Chris Press specifically because for a lot of the first act, he is completely alone. And to be able to simulate your thoughts without anybody else around you is extremely hard, but he did it wonderfully. And I do feel like separately, they don't do that well because it is hard to act alone. But together, as a pair, they're absolutely phenomenal. And I hope that in the future, they do more work together because they were just perfect in this film. And do you think that since they are the only two or only two for the most of the most part of the film that that it weakens that or that it makes it makes it a little bit less connect relatable or connectable I don't really know if that's a word but I I don't know in my mind I feel like if it's only two characters for a long amount of time I just get bored and I get frustrated you know I don't think it weakens it or makes it better because it has its flaws and its upsides when you only have two characters you can really learn about how they work what they think and what their personality is, which is a great thing, but it is that it does mean that you see see the same characters again and again and again, and you really won't have any surprise about what they would do because you know their personality. So I'd say it's not an upside or a downside. It's just kind of the things that they did work with really well, but it is one of the main keys of the story. Interesting, and, and I think that that's something that if you're going to go down that route as a director or as a producer or as whatever... I think you have to be very mindful of that because it could have, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but it could have, it could have totally gone the opposite way. It could have been very terrible how that it was just them two, but I think they hold a lot of it on the actor's shoulders because if it was bad actors, it would have been completely different. You would have been like, they shouldn't have been alone. Someone should have helped them. Some Something should have happened. So... I'm clapping. You may not be able to hear it, but I'm clapping. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what is the age range? Because it is a PG-13 film, but do you think that is accurate? Do you think you go younger or older? What do you think? So there is some mature things. There are some more adult-oriented scenes, and there is a lot of more action and more dark action towards the end. Then there is the whole moral kind of adult Things that is a little complicated may give little younger kids a little more confusing thoughts, but I would say it either be nine to eighteen, or if parents are really worried about their kids, I would just stick to thirteen to eighteen because there really isn't that much parents have to worry about. But there are a few scenes that are a little mature, so it really just depends on what the parents think are best for their kids. See, and just really quick, I like. Because a lot of people are like, oh, well, what is the age range or, or what do you think children-wise thinking, whatever. They're like, oh, well, you know, it was some violence or it was this or it was that. and But they never really talk about the, the older aspect of the morals and the emotional part of it. Because a lot of people think, oh, well, violence or, or, or sexual stuff or anything. They're like, oh, well, obviously. But then it begins to, well, are kids going to understand this? this moral battle between one and oneself. But I don't know, I just I just like to put that in there. And how many stars do you give this film? 
I give it four or five stars because it is a fantastic film, like a phenomenal film, but that major plot hole, and I may be overreacting to this, but personally to me, I just feel like that they put a major plot hole in for no real reason was really disappointing, and I kind of wish they didn't. But other than that, it's a phenomenal film, and I still recommend it. Yeah, and and hearing as though it's only mentioned once and they really didn't need it, that all the more makes it irking. I don't know if that's a word anyway, but irking because it's like you didn't need to put it in there, and then you put it in there, and it's messed up. So I I understand your your frustrations, Jerry. (laughs) Thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about Passengers. Thank you for letting me talk about it. (laughs) It's in theaters now, guys, so please check it out. I will be checking it out. I will be at the movie theater. Holler if you you see me. Um, Please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton. You're listening to the Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Snowtime. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. And you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished speaking to Jerry about Passengers. And we have talked about Sing, Rogue One, as I said before, Passengers. And right now we are talking with 12-year-old Jolene from California about a monster call. So this is Jolene's first time on the show. So, woo, I don't know if you can hear this, but again, I'm clapping. So I'm (laughs) glad that you are on the show with me. I am so glad that this is your first show. We get to share this experience together. Um, Jolene, what did you think about A Monster Calls? Um, A Monster Calls, it's, like, really, a really well-done film. Like, the monster was very realistic. The plot was new, unique, and compelling. And the movie actually um, moved me to tears while I was watching. So, a lot of tears during this. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you liked it. And a lot of time, I, I will see films and TV shows and even just, like, plays where 
the main character will be a really young person and then the acting isn't as well done. Not saying that young people can't act because I'm a young person and I hope to think that I can kind of act a little bit. But um, a lot of the time or sometimes I'm just like, I don't really understand why you did that or, or why you acted that way. But anyway, did you believe, did you feel as though the main character, Louis McDowell, who plays Connor, is is believable and you can believe everything that he's saying yes um lewis mcdougall was really good at acting um he he could like cry and like he like his his like acting like helped part of helped partly to move the audience to cry too because he he was sharing the moment with his mother and it just like he was crying his mom was crying so like everyone cries and it's really just sad um, I get to see this film on Wednesday, so woo, go for that. Um, what per se do I have to look forward to? Like, what what would you want me to know before watching this film? Um, I would. Uh, you should <laughs> you should bring a lot of paper towels for your eyes. Yes, definitely. And um, you should also. What I, I don't know if that's just because the theater, the the way the volume was set up, but be be ready for a lot of like sounds and like cracking when the monster comes up because it's like very realistic when he wakes up, like a lot of like cracking branches. And um also I think I think some of the the stories that the monster tells to Connor O'Malley, um, I think some of the stories are really dramatic and too much like death and like blood and like bad stuff so I didn't really want to watch that part but it was a bit scary so <laughs> and speaking about being scary do you think it is do you think it overshadows the storyline do you think that the scary parts per se take away from the storyline and, and, and make it worse or do you think that it's just something that just put into the film to add to the storyline and add to the cast I think it's just it's just there, but I feel like, I think it just ruins the chance for it to be a kid's movie. I I think without that part, it would be perfect for a kid's movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and when you see that the main character is a young child, I think a lot of people believe that since the main character is a young child, my young child can see this. But that's not always the case. And 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 I feel like they should really show that in the in the trailer. Um, yes. Because it's like, hey, just because there's a child as the main character does not mean this is for children because it's not. Because it is PG thirteen. So that should be known because some some parents are like, Oh look, there's a child and they take their children and then they're really scared and they're scarred for life. So you don't yes, want to do that to yeah. your children. <laughs> You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and today we are talking about Sing, Rogue One, Passengers, and right now we are continuing to speak with jo Jolene about a monster's call. And we were just talking about scariness and scarring children for life and how you should not do that and um so obviously there is not a big monster in this film because that would be kind of awesome so how is the special effects and cgi actually the special effects and the cgi were like really spot on the monster um even though i'm pretty sure they didn't actually make 
a huge monster, like bigger than yeah. all those buildings. It 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 didn't look very like you know when someone tries to Photoshop something, it looks a bit off. But there, it looked really cool. Like every everywhere he walked, he would like break something. Unlike some like movies where the monster can walk through a whole city and not break anything, <laughs> and he's just like. He's, his his um, body is, like, detailed with all of the branches, and it just looks overall, like, really cool. Yeah, I, I, especially now, well, now, maybe kind of a few months ago or maybe a year ago, but they have been coming out with a lot of movies that it's, like, there are a lot of big creatures and things with small children. Yeah. Like, like that seems to be the theme. I don't know. We're going through a phase. America is going through a phase. I don't know what it is, but I'm glad that the, you seem to really like this film. So I'm glad that it kind of goes through it. So how about the, um, not the cinematography, the, the score, like the, the music, how did that pair with the darker scenes? Because it sounds a little bit darker. Yeah. The, the music actually helped with like the parts that you knew you were about to, the monster was about to come in. So like, for example, it would like show, like let's say something bad happens and then like he just calms down and then all of a sudden the music is like sad and then you all of a sudden know like, uh-oh, what's gonna happen? And, and then there's also a time where he's just sleeping and all of a sudden the music starts going crazy like, in like for example in horror movies you know all of a sudden it gets like so suspenseful and you're like oh no oh no so that that music actually helped to add on the the quality of the movie and it helped make it more enjoyable and suspenseful which i liked um yeah because i don't know i guess i have a different view on it i mean in my mind not on every movie but in my mind i feel like if you have music that tells the audience that something's about to happen then the whole shock factor is kind of not there. Like, it's invisible because they already know that something's going to happen. But I think is the suspense because the music is playing, so you know something's going to happen, but you don't know yeah. exactly when it's going to happen. Yeah, so I guess that's exactly. the appeal. But I would love it if it was, like, dead silent and you thought everything was fine, and then boom, there it goes, and then everyone's out of their seat. Someone is passed out. Like, I like that. I like <laughs> that shock. So that I can Actually, um, in the movie, there are parts like that, but mostly with the music. There are some parts when all of a sudden, like, I got scared at those parts where all of a sudden, like, the tree pops a branch and you're like, oh, and then he oh. starts coming out out of nowhere. No, yeah. Well, at least at least it's, like, a mixture because, personally, I would be upset. I'd be like, wait, um, I if I'm going to know when everything is, then I'm going to be upset. But anyway, oh. <laughs> who is your favorite character? Um, I think that my favorite favorite character is actually is actually the monster himself um i feel like the monster has a lot of wisdom um and also because he's a tree that has been growing for thousands of years so i would expect him to know a lot um i also liked his character because he was like even though he looks like really really scary he's actually pretty friendly and you know that he's just trying to help and um even though he may be he may be like telling you to do something but um in the end like you'll you'll know that it's for your own good and mm -hmm. i like that about him <laughs> and as i said before 
I guess we're in this rut about like making making big monsters over little children. So do you think that this one re- was original um, than going to like in comparison to the other films? Uh, yeah, like I watched BFG where there's like mm-hmm. this huge giant and a little girl. Um, I actually think that this is pretty, pretty different actually because the giant, it's not like, it's not like the two of them are there together all the time. The giant comes in and out at a certain time, and um, he's just guiding him. He's being there for him. Unlike BFG, um, Lucy was like, she was actually taken by the giant, and she actually had to go with him everywhere. They like stick together, and the giant was physically protecting her from harm, while the monster was just giving him advice, and then the boy had to figure out what to do with the advice to help him in his own life. Interesting. And really quickly, how many stars do you give this film? I give this star, um, I give this film five out of five stars. I really enjoyed this movie. I'm glad you liked it. I will see this tomorrow, so I hope I enjoy it as much as you did. Thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about A Monster Calls Jolene. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, It's in theaters on January 6th, so please check it out. It sounds like a great film. Thanks so much for joining with us today. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Please be sure to watch our video reviews on the latest film and DVD releases and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic. Go to www.kidsfirst.org. Please be sure to check out our blog on the teen section of Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Snowtime. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. 